0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Social Review podcast. I am your host Jasper at Jasper underscore ch on Twitter. And joining me this week, we have got three wonderful Labour canvassers, editors of the Social Review, and friends. Uh, so joining me this week, we have got.
1: Hi, it's Miriam Mo. It's really excited to be here. Um, my username on Twitter is m r w t
0: c h. Uh, hi, I'm Sean. Uh, my Twitter handle is at sean d smith. Hi, oh yeah, I'm Michael and my Twitter handle is at Michael J. Borden. Making his podcast debut. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thank you for coming on.
2: Thank you for being, for having me on. It's a, it's a great, great <laughs> honour. <laughs> uh,
0: thank you all. Um, so uh, this week we're going to be talking about canvassing and life on the doorstep and what exactly that is because if you're someone who listens to the podcast, you maybe isn't as online or plugged into the world of party politics, particularly Labour politics, as, um, as the social reviewers, then, then you might not specifically know what canvassing is, um, so we're just going to spend a little bit of time talking about what that is, why parties do it, um, how it's done, um, whether it has any utility in elections, um, and all that kind of thing. So, um, uh, Sean, uh, I'll go to you first. I just to, if you'd just be able to explain what is canvassing at a very basic level canvassing for dummies
3: so basically um canvassing is how a political party uh tries to work out who is going to vote for them so that on election day for example they can come and knock on that person's door uh and remind them to vote uh so the way it works in the labor party uh, because i have no idea how it works in the uh the other political parties um <laughs> for obvious reasons is basically that there'll be like a session advertised uh in a certain place That so like meet meet on this corner or by this shop uh at a certain time and there'll be a big group of people uh and you'll take a photo because if you don't take a photo at a canvassing session did it even happen um and then you'll have someone who's like in charge who does something called running the board which is mm-hmm. where they have basically got a big uh list of all the people that live at the houses on a certain road um i believe it's supposed to be like 200 people to around and they and they will basically um tell a canvasser uh which door they want them to knock at and who lives there if there's any other information like if they've previously said they're going to vote labor or if they've got any issue like bins uh, and then you'll knock on the door and say something like hi, I'm Sean, just out on behalf of your local Labour Party, uh, we we'll hear about the election, uh, have you thought at all about how you might be voting and then you're not necessarily trying to persuade someone to vote Labour at this stage, you're just trying to see you know, if they're going to vote Labour if they don't know how they're going to vote if there's something that's uh, you know, uh, where they're not sure why they might vote because of a mm. certain issue like Brexit for example uh, and then uh, you will feed that back to uh, whoever's running the board.
0: So you, you don't necessarily start off being like, hello, have you considered voting Labour or LibDAM or whatever political party you're representing? You, it's more like, hello, what issue? which issues are you concerned about, you know, which way you're going to vote? And then you can you kind of like ease your way into it. Is that accurate to say? Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, definitely. So my everyone's got a slightly different uh, spiel where they do it. So the way I've done it, by basically by watching people do it over five years, is <laughs> I find what works best if you start with Hi, I'm Sean. Uh, I'm just calling on behalf of you know whoever your local candidate is. In my case, like Lucy Powell. Um, she's been your MP since 2012. We're wondering if you've got any issues you want to raise with her, uh, and how you're thinking of voting in the general election. Because then, um, if if they do have something, like they've got an issue with the benefits or immigration, uh, then that's something you can pick up and report back as well, and then that can get actioned.
0: And uh, Miriam and Michael, feel free feel free to, to jump on in this as well. But when when you're when you're you're getting that, that data, I suppose from from the, from the person living there and, and hearing their concerns, and you're collating it all back to to the to the um, person running running the canvassing um is that all fed back into some kind of like centralized machine so it's like okay so we've aggregated this and we know that um you know people in this constituency are really concerned about bins and people in Y constituency are really concerned about um the local uh, library closing or brexit or whatever whatever um michael do you have any thoughts on that
2: so as, as far as i'm aware i've been um doing a couple of things uh, out in like back in my home constituency um, in Truro and Falmouth but also in Swansea now so it's like Swansea East, Swansea West and Gower um, and basically some poor sod in the CLP office or the MP's office at the end of every kind of uh, canvassing session if they're still using the boards as they're known which is pen and paper mm. um, someone at the end of the uh, end of the canvas has to stay up late into the night and do like manual data entry into the Labour Party's database so that means like voting intentions, uh, if people are don't knows, if people are postal voters, but also it can be like notes on the house. So as an example, as a horrible example, um, I was knocking doors in Gower, uh, uh, literally on on Sunday, um, and I knocked on a fellow's door and he was like, I'm not in the mood to discuss politics. My wife's Mm. just died. Oh God. Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. We won't bother you. But what you can do, but... Like feeding back onto the board is you're able to go, don't contact this guy again. He's clearly not in no nowhere near a space to be harassed by specky labour canvassers. So that's like <laughs> yeah. in in terms of. The, the campaign has the ability to kind of like um, be quite reactive to that. And we're quite lucky now because we've got the doorstep app. And when it works, it means it's it's practically the data entry is being done in real time. So that means that some poor staffer doesn't actually have to do it at the end of the night. It's being mm. done like as you're there on the doorstep. So like we're getting a bit smarter in terms of like how we're collecting our data.
0: I believe socialism with an iPad is the term John McDonnell used back in 2015. That sounds like that in action. Um Miriam, what's been your experience with, uh, with canvassing, uh, maybe recently, as, as, as Michael brought up? Um, what's your spiel, as Sean said?
1: So, uh, as, as Sean said, there's quite a few ways to do it, and I think canvassing kind of changes throughout the electoral cycle. So the closer you are to the election, the more kind of targeted your questions become. If you're outside an election, you can chat a bit more and try and persuade people a bit more, whereas in a short campaign kind of what you want to get an understanding of is how are they voting and you don't want to annoy them too much you can't mm. them if they don't if they don't know um so i tend to say hi my name's miriam i tend not to use names um you get given a name okay. when you go to doors i tend to prefer not to because i've had a couple of experiences where someone's got annoyed that i haven't used mrs or mr or ms and i haven't quite i don't want to pronounce people's names incorrectly so you're welcome to use people's names some people really like it i tend to prefer to say um hi my name's miriam i'm calling about your local Labour party or local candidate depending on who they are um i am just calling about the election really sorry to bother you trying to be as apologetic as possible (laughs) um have you thought about the election how are you gonna vote and then they'll tell you and you can ask them about local issues as well um and tend to, and then if they are between um, any of the parties that if they don't know, or if they're between any of the parties that aren't Labour or Tory, there's a squeeze question, which is, would you prefer a Labour or a Tory government? Um, mm. Which would be quite revealing because that is a part, a way that we can um, see if, if the the Green vote or a Lib Dem or a don't know is wavering towards Labour, and we can sort of remind them that probably only Labour can win there, um, and their vote mm. will be most effective if it's either used for Tory or labor Mm. you
0: you mentioned um you mentioned time taken there and how how outside of election cycles you, you can spend a bit more time talking to the person so what is there is there like a like a recommended time that you're speaking to um the individual uh and and how like how uh different is that outside of an election cycle to to in the general election like you said like you spend five minutes in an election but you can talk for like 15 20 minutes
1: i think it really varies day-to-day it varies constituency constituency even i think it varies like what time it is on polling day as well sure. um i think um, i the golden rule of counseling i would say is please never go into someone's house even if they seem nice uh always stay on the doorstep and if you are running aboard that's the person who's giving out orders. the houses you need to go to make sure you keep a track of where everyone is and if anyone's on the door for too long um, a good board runner will send someone back to check on them and fish them out and bring them back because yeah. it's just not efficient to be there for twenty minutes unless they're the candidate. I think the exception is the candidate. The candidate can probably afford to spend they shouldn't probably, but they, they probably have more of a reason to spend fifteen minutes on the door with someone. Whereas if yeah. you're close to polling day you probably only want to spend a couple of a couple of minutes probably. It really okay. it really depends um what stage of electoral cycle you're in
0: so I was just wondering how, how often do you guys have experiences where, um, you get people who really, really don't want to talk and, and in what different ways does that manifest? Like, do you, do you get people who are like really, really, really against, um, someone coming and knocking on your door and take that anger out at you? Does that not really happen that much? Um, Michael, what are your, what are your thoughts?
2: It's kind of an interesting situation like we've been having at the minute. So like, I remember canvassing way back in like 2016 and the feeling was a kind of a lot more it didn't happen as often maybe it's because I was just like a bit more babyface that people kind of felt a bit more sorry for me but um, like nowadays it's like if someone's against they tell you right from the off um, in in you know a, a multitude of, of uh, ways in terms of colourful language um, but really. The the best against ones are the ones who are kind of a bit tuned into like the way that political canvassing works. So they 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 know they got, they've got to kind of like lead you down the garden path a little bit to waste as much time as possible. So today we're out on the doors in a student area, and I, I knock on a door and I say to I said I said to the fellow on the door, I said, like, oh, you know, hello. I give the spiel and I say, oh, how do you intend to vote in the upcoming election? He says, oh, I do intend to vote, yeah. And I go, oh, okay, um, so how, how do you intend to vote? And he says, well, I think I'm going to do a postal vote this time round. And I go, come on, pal, what part are you voting for? I haven't got all day, in as many words anyway. And, and, <laughs> and then he finally said, oh, yeah, I'm undecided. Sorry about that. And and those are like the, the fun ones. Those are the fun undeciders because it's like, yeah, like we're all playing a game. But like this election, without being too doom and gloomy, has been like pretty, pretty grim in South Wales for like people being really horrible um if they're mm. against and i think that's in my experience it's something that's been been new to to canvassing kind of anyway
0: and and how do you respond when someone is really really against like do, do people shout abuse at you or is it just like no thanks sorry i don't do politics or i'm not interested or whatever i see you you've all you've all raised your hands as soon as i <laughs> as soon as, okay <laughs> um michael do you do you want to respond to that first
2: so I think I think it's like it's definitely like hyper contextual in terms of like how like how cheeky you can be. So like if someone's like kind of like having a go you're like oh I'll put you down as a maybe pal don't worry um yeah. but if it's a situation where it's like you know the, the kind of hairs on the back of your neck go up and you're like okay I'm potentially not safe here it's a situation it's just like like a few time and then swiftly off the premises as quickly as possible because you just you don't know how people are going to react to be honest it's like I find I, I worked like four years in hospitality, so it's like I've got a quite thick skin for it. But it's oh, just yes. like just be incredibly polite and then just yeah. get out of their way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I also tend to do the thank you for your time thing and just walk away as, as quickly as possible. I mean, I do think there is a really worrying increase in people who seem to be angry at politicians, angry at people who do politics, tired of us all, and I think a lot of the language around traitors and things like that's fed into that and. I've always felt fairly comfortable leafleting after dark or knocking after dark and I, I don't feel as comfortable doing that now. I mean, canvassing's okay because mm. you do it in a group, but leafleting on your own is felt a bit more uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I just I just tend to say thank you sure. for your time and try to be excessively polite because I think there's no point having an argument with someone. It's a waste of your time and also you could escalate, escalate things. Although, as, as Michael yeah. said, Sometimes you can have a laugh, sometimes people are pretty good natured,
0: so it's fine. So, so you mentioned that that's a more recent development, that you, you feel less safe after dark. So, so do you think that's in tune with the kind of like broader political mood of people being more apathetic and upset and angry and etc.?
1: 100%. And I've been canvassing okay. like in quite a lot of different places and in every one there's been a fair few people that said I'm sick of politicians. I'm sick of mm. your lot, all lies, that sort of stuff. Um, and that has sort of picked up on a lot of the discourse we've seen in the media, the discourse we've seen in Parliament, language about traitors, and fundamentally a lot of really unhealthy things that we need to put an end to in politics.
0: And, and what, do you, what do you say back to that if someone's if someone is saying, like, I'm sick of your lot and I think you're all traitors?
1: So if I was in a different situation where I wasn't actually on someone's doorstep, I probably would like want to actually debate with them and talk to them about, you know, your vote counts as much as, like, you know, a banker, it counts as much as a billionaire, as you use it, that sort of stuff. But the reality is, as a young woman on their doorstep, I almost always just say, Thank you for your time, no worries at all. Which I don't think is is dishonest. It's more that I think you, it's not worth putting your safety at risk, if that makes sense.
3: There's, there's basically, you can divide the people who aren't interested into basically three three categories there's the kind of people who will say like oh you know I've got my dinner in the oven or I'm just putting my kids to bed or something like that mm. and then then you're kind of very apologetic like okay really sorry to bother you um can I just give you this piece of literature uh, thank you very much for your time goodbye mm. um and then then there's kind of people who like Miriam said are like oh like I'm not voting I'm sick of all of you and again you're just like okay let me give you this literature. Hopefully, you can change your mind. Because, like, all the literature will have the candidate's contact details on or something. So, like, if there is anything you want to get in touch with, I'll just give you this. It's got their contact details on. Mm. And then the third type are very much to like. As soon as they hear the word Labour, they're like, "Nah, f off, mate." Okay. And um, I mean, like <laughs> the,
0: the rock solid Tory. Yeah. Lib Dem. Yeah. So, Etc. Yeah.
3: So, so I've been keeping a running count of how many times I've actually been told to f off. And okay. It's currently at four. Which in this election? In this election. Right.
0: Yeah. And how many canvassing yeah. sessions have you done?
3: Oh, a lot. Okay. Um, but... So um, that's not that many. Then. No. Um, so there, there was this, this video going around of... Yeah, of, um, of Richard Leonard, uh, the leader of Scottish Labour, having, like, the door mm-hmm. slammed in his face, and some newspaper on Twitter were making, like, a massive deal about it. Oh, oh this is... This just shows how unpopular Scottish Labour are. Um, but... What I would say to that is, if any, if you ask anyone who's ever been canvassing, have you had the door slammed in your face? And they say no, they are lying to you.
0: So, um, what you were just saying, Sean, about and Miriam as well, about like not necessarily responding to the people who who are rock solid, aren't going to vote, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and just be like, okay, well, thank you for time. Here's a leaflet, etc. Um, that 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 kind of. That that's interesting to me because it because it kind of speaks to something which I was which I was thinking about before we were recording, which we were talking a little bit, a bit about a bit, um, like how much of canvassing, how much of its purpose is to bring out your party's vote and the Labour vote, um, specifically here, and how much of it is to do with winning over don't knows and non-voters. Um, because that would that would what you guys said would suggest to me that with some voters there's not much you don't consider there to be much utility in trying in trying to win them over and then that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just a matter of like timing and also if they're seem particularly aggressive not wanting to endanger your safety um, but yeah I wondered if you guys have any thoughts of that in relation to like what the purpose of political canvassing is
3: so so I'm not a candidate um, so <laughs> yeah. basically. Not, my job is not to persuade people like um so if 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 I was out canvassing um with, with the candidate for example I might say um oh uh the candidates out here do you want to chat to them and then it becomes their job to try and persuade them or something like oh can I take some contact details uh so the candidate can get in touch with you and then like Part of the candidate's job is basically during the evening to ring up people or email them, people who have said, oh, we don't know, or we might not vote or something like that. But as someone who is not a candidate and is just there as like a canvassing monkey, um, my job is entirely data collection and to try and get out the Labour vote.
2: Yeah, so I think with, with what Sean's said there in terms of like data collection, I think it chimes with what Miriam said earlier on about like, You've essentially got different phases of the electoral cycle means that canvassing is um, essentially means different things. So for like if we if we take as an example, like, oh, yeah, like UK Parliament's last for like five years or whatever during the kind of peacetime, CLPs should be kind of, if they're functioning properly, um, ske- should be sketching out the kind of electoral geography of the place where you can like figure out where your don't knows are, figure out like where your Labour strongholds are. So like a lot of it is just, is is for the people who are don't know or people who are like leaning like going, oh, you know, Brexit's annoyed me, I'm going to vote Live Dem. It's just the idea that it's not necessarily the content of the conversations and there was a couple of studies done off like the back of the Obama campaign in two thousand and eight, the initial one, which was like the first like proper tech canvas, I guess, was the idea that just being nice and friendly on the doorstep and then having like a Labour sticker on is enough to chime well with a lot of people. That oh, really you don't have to be super like up on like policy or super erudite. If you're just nice and friendly, that can sway a lot of people just to be when they get into the public booth, yeah. they can just be like, "Oh well, um, I just remember that nice, friendly face on the doorstep who was nice yeah. about my garden or whatever. I'm going to vote for that party." Yeah. So it's like it's it's a really interesting dimension. So obviously you're like you're pulling out some of your support, but sometimes it's just like being nice is mm. is kind of just the role of the canvas, which is it, it sounds sure. incredibly counterintuitive.
0: No, no, I think I think it sounds um, entirely sensible. I think if more politicians and activists and so forth could could take that message home the better it was actually this is a slightly off topic but it's what i was actually thinking watching the debate last night this we're recording this on uh wednesday wednesday night the debate was last night tuesday um and uh one of the audience members asked a question and said that they i think she said that she was a cleaner and that she earns minimum wage and that she's you know lived under austerity and how a and, and how how are these two men, Corbyn and Boris, gonna um, make things better for her when she didn't think that they'd ever had to live through hardship? And I thought, oh, uh, what what Corbyn should do because he was the first one to the question is just say, firstly, I'm very sorry that that like you know that thats thats that is that is that that is the way you're living that you're that you're unhappy the way things are. But I can promise that a Labour government will change that um, because. Is our transformative policies and we're against us and blah blah blah, and just like try and be personally empathetic. I think, as, as, as you said, like launching into a spiel about policy can, can often make you seem really distant.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think it's a really important point. Um, and being on the doorstep is as much about listening as it is talking. It's probably more important to listen more than anything mm. else. Um, and, and, and being that friendly face. Um, and, and I do think that sometimes there is a, there's a tendency not, it's not very common, but sometimes people think that canvassing is reciting policies and, and being part of a debate when actually a lot more, you, you don't actually have to know every single Labour policy, you don't need to have known every Labour MP. People will be quite receptive if you say, Well, oh, I'm really sorry, sure. I'm not exactly sure what our exact policy is on wind farms, just take somebody out of the air, but I promise the candidate will give you a ring or send you an email to set everything out. And people actually will respond to that, and that follow-up contact mm. might actually be really effective. Um, and and it's not, you know, talking mm. talking down to people. It's it's listening listening to their concerns. And canvassing is really important outside of elections as well, because that, as Michael said, you can get an idea of the issues that matter to people. And my MP, Delacruz, actually uses a slightly different uh, canvassing system, which is a bit controversial, but I actually think is really effective. Where she doesn't just ask the vote intention. There are set questions about issues. So she asks people, what do you think about Brexit? What do you think about um, me? as a as as an MP. And what do you think about, uh. I think there's a couple of other things, but that could be a really interesting way of like profiling someone about the issues they, they care about. But that's, um, you know, there's a million mm. different theories on, on how to do this
0: inevitably when you're having this many interactions with different people um in a day uh you've got to get some funny stories so what are the funniest your most favorite um canvassing stories from your time within reason of 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 sharing them on a on a podcast
1: basically i've had a number of experiences on the doorstep and most of the best ones involve meeting lovely cats and pets more than anything else um Mm. and Lots of native people being chatted up on the doorstep was in Southwark once was very bold. Um, but my excellent favorite story probably was a recent one uh, where I was door knocking in state for Ruth Eve, um, And I knocked on the door, and the guy opened the door was very nice. He was like, Oh, uh, Ruth Eve. And he, he looked a bit like, you know, unsure. And he was like, Oh, she's Jewish, isn't she? And I was kind of like preparing myself for something anti Semitic. And he, he said this mm-hmm. long pause that felt like it waited for like a whole two minutes. Um, and it was, oh, I like her approach, which was quite nice and refreshing.
3: So You get a, a disturbingly high number of naked people. Uh, disturbingly high? Y- yeah. Like, <laughs> so many naked what, people. What, what, I, <laughs> I do not understand what could possibly make you answer the door while you're naked if you're not expecting a visitor.
0: Yeah. Um, Incredible body confidence. Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> I've never been hit on, um, but I, th- I think the two best stories one, one from this election, uh, which is where uh, a, a candidate was told to go away in slightly ruder language um, by somebody who lived at a house which had very, very brightly illuminated Merry Christmas lights and like oh. the, full, the full shebang. Um but the the story that gets told in Bristol as the sort of worst case do not ever do this story mm-hmm. um there there are two um one of which I know who it's about because I was there, the other which I was not there for sadly uh but there's one where we were canvassing in a tower block in a ward called Lawrence Hill um and um, this guy goes up to one of the doors on one of the floors, knocks the door, says hi. Uh, I'm here from your local Labour Party, and then he just goes, "Are you 18?" Which you know, out of context, sounds <laughs> very bad. Um, but the other the other story that gets told is uh, from polling day on 2014, mm-hmm. where an unfortunate canvasser stumbles upon a wake.
0: Was this in local uh, elections?
3: Yes, this is the local okay. European elections in 2014. Okay. Uh, so, Canvasser stumbles across a wake, uh, uh-huh. backs out very apologetic, but on his way out, he says, oh, um, this fella didn't happen to have a postal vote, did he? <sighs> Which is just... <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't ever say that, is all I will say. <laughs> but yeah, those are my those are my two funny stories.
2: I, I have a couple. I mean, I've been, I'm... 500 years old now so it's like (laughs) it's a lot going on but um famously 500 yeah famously 500 in the 2017 election i was uh back in cornwall canvassing um so like this is like my my neck of the woods so i was like knocking on doors i was like every now and again you'd bump into someone you'd know which is always nice and a little bit awkward because it's like you know you don't really want to air your political laundry in um in 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 public i guess sure like i I knocked on a door once um, and I, you know, like, oh, this is the name. This is the political. You know, th- this is what they voted previously.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and the p- person who opened the door was an ex-girlfriend, um, and it was just like, oh, uh, yeah, this is how I'm dealing with uh, with this this situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it really well. Um, but it was nice, and she was like, oh, don't worry, I'm voting Labour. And I was like, okay, thanks for that. Um, but <laughs> the second story, which is uh, doesn't involve a, a long and a, and difficult love life uh, was in the an Allen and D side by election, which was an assembly by election a couple of years back after uh, after Carl Sargent died, and we we're on the doors and it's like, it's the bit of North Wales where they don't get uh, like Welsh telly, they don't get like Welsh news media, so it's like. Uptake for the assembly is basically like it's it's really really low. They basically it doesn't exist essentially.
0: Right. Yeah. And
2: by elections are even worse turnouts. So it was like it was just like us and the Greens out because no one else was standing because Carl Carl Sargent died in unfortunate circumstances, um, but. When we were out on the door, I knocked on the the door of his house and all these dogs start barking and I'm like, okay, kind of physically preparing myself to get pounced on. Um, (laughs) But then uh, a man opens the door who's very clearly incredibly tired, very clearly not had a whole lot of sleep. He didn't say anything Mm. to me. And then he just goes, you've just woken up the baby. That's the third time today. Goodbye. (laughs) Slams the door. Um, And that kind of summed up that by-election. And then I just shoved a leaflet through the door and I've never felt worse in my entire life.
0: Hello again. We are back uh, with a segment all about fun stories from canvassing. Um, if you enjoyed that last little bit, uh, and I'm here with uh, Dominique to talk about uh, some fun stories from canvassing. Hello, Dominique.
4: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> thank you for coming on. Um, do you have a Twitter handle to uh, just to put a promo in?
4: Um, so, my Twitter handle is Dominique R. Pope.
0: Excellent, excellent. So you've all got to go and follow Dominique. Um, <laughs> uh so you're a labor activist Um, yes yes much like many of the people who come (laughs) on podcast tend to be so you're a friend of morgan's
4: yes i am yes
0: who's been on the podcast uh and written several articles for the website she was on the podcast last week if you guys listen to that um and uh when she was like oh my friend uh dominique has lots of fun stories from canvassing um, and then created a group chat with the three of us. I wasn't quite expecting the sheer volume <laughs> of uh, of stories. Yeah,
4: it's been happen. a long road. It's been a long road, me and Morgan. The journey.
0: Yeah, how many years have you been canvassing?
4: Um, not that many, really. Um, so we sort of met in twenty fifteen. So our first campaign together was in twenty sixteen. Right. For the London mayor, and then mm. that went into the EU referendum. And then there was an election the following year so it just happened to be that we were sort of friends and labor activists during a period of many many elections
0: it just kind of kept spiraling morgan doesn't know doesn't know i was asking about this she's gonna have fun The um so what would so so what would you say the most fun stories you've had from canvassing have been fun fun and genuinely fun or fun as in like this was awful but is it kind of objectively (laughs) funny in retrospect
4: Um, I mean, one of my favourite canvassing stories um, is one of my favourites because it's very Mm. good-natured. So during the EU referendum, uh, there was uh, one Labour councillor in the place that I was sort of interning at the time. Uh, who was on the Leave side and everybody else was on the Remain side. Yeah. Um, and he was sort of fine with that. Um, you know, he kept himself to himself. He didn't campaign for Leave even though he was voting Leave. Right. Uh, but one week we w- we went out canvassing and we just happened to be canvassing on the street where he lived. So we decided to take our campaign photo outside of his house with all of our like Remain t-shirts and signs and leaflets and everything. Mm. Um, And we we later tweeted, you know, the customary thing to do is tweet from the uh, Labour Party account that we had. Labour doorstep. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we we put up a tweet that said, everybody on this street is voting Remain. And normally this sort of thing would only get like five likes because it was the local Labour Party Twitter account. Um, Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, we don't know why, it was completely random, oh, no. the uh, National Labour Party account retweeted it and it oh, soon no. became one of our most popular tweets of all time. Um, and this councillor also is Jewish. So he was um, he was like celebrating the Sabbath on the Saturday. So he was sort of like not near any sort of technology for the and whole wincing. day. He had no idea that any of this was happening. Uh, and then the next day, yeah, he sort of... Uh, Got up to find that this tweet of all these campaigners outside of his house had been retweeted by thousands, and he was very good natured about it. Okay, good. He found it really funny. So
0: okay, okay. Like bullying or anything? I like thought that. I thought that was going to end in a like. <laughs> no. Why have you misappropriated my political beliefs? <laughs>
4: no, it, it was very good natured. I'm happy to say. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Have you got any which aren't so good natured, The truly meaty stories?
4: Oh, I think I think this. This has probably happened to everybody at some time or other, depending on how long you've been canvassing, but there is mm. standard sort of person who is inappropriately dressed answering
0: yeah. the door. We've had some mentions of that already. Yeah.
4: yeah um, I think the worst case of that was a man who opened the door. Um, so it was in a block of flats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he stepped out into the corridor and he was wearing a dressing gown and that was mm-hmm. it. And the dressing gown was not tied up. Um, and he clearly wanted to engage in conversation, which usually would be quite nice. Like, he wasn't phased by his appearance at all. And I was sort of like, this would be an interesting conversation in any other set of circumstances, but you are not wearing enough clothing for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that really didn't stop him at all. He just kept on talking. And I didn't know... You know, how do you deal with that situation? You can't just say, "You know, excuse me, sir, you're naked." You know. You
0: have to... <laughs> um, well, so, so are there are there are those like kind of experiments, like if you just did something like totally out of place, and you do it just as a kind of test to see if anybody anybody actually says anything. Was he talking about politics? Was he just like? Hardly... Yeah,
4: yeah, he was like, okay, talking. Okay. Um, so again, it was during the referendum campaign, and he was uh, he was quite old, and he very clearly remembers the first referendum campaign sort mm. of talking about that and it was actually very interesting to hear the views of somebody who was like voting in both referendums
0: yeah, yeah yeah i
4: can't say that i remember much of what he was saying because i was sort of like okay i've got to retain eye contact i can't yep, don't look down eyes.
0: yeah Wait, so, so 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 he was fully he wasn't wearing underwear
4: no no underwear oh yeah so was-
0: okay that's quite naked
4: yeah, it was. I mean, thank God for the dressing gown, but I can't say that it helped much.
0: I, I, to be fair, I wouldn't know what to do either.
4: And it, it was like an empty corridor because everybody else had gone down to the next floor. Oh,
0: no, so it's just you. The
4: conversations. So, yeah, I couldn't exactly make eyes at somebody to be like, come and help me, please.
0: Oh, again, that is so... Bad. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's awful. I mean, very funny, but also awful, yeah. awful in the moment. Yeah. Dear me. Um, have you got any stories... It's going to use the word incriminating, which uh, is <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe slightly slightly slight, okay. Yeah, let's go with the word incriminating. I can't think of another word. What what's been what's what's been something shocking that's happened? Um, say, other than other than a man, being naked.
4: <laughs> yeah, is that not shocking enough?
0: Speaking to that, I guess that's quite shocking. That's
4: quite shocking. <laughs> um, I think. So, um, just for context, the first time that I sort of got involved in a campaign was in 2015 for that general election. And I am from a Conservative safe seat, and Mm -hmm. I was campaigning for Labour with, like, two other people because... In
0: the safe seat?
4: Yeah, that was, like, the extent of the Labour Party membership in this safe seat. Like, it's Mm -hmm. never been... Labour have never even come close to winning an election here. Yeah. So, when I moved to London, and obviously the London Labour Party is really active um, Mm -hmm. and you get tens uh, of people going out canvassing it in sort of one area every week. I was really surprised um, and I was really excited to sort of get involved and so I got this sort of internship type thing in Enfield uh, Mm -hmm. in the borough and it was my first ever canvassing session in Enfield uh, with the guy who is essentially my boss and a couple of the local councillors and I was really excited because you know it was my first canvassing session in this mm. internship and I was with like two actual labour councillors. I've never met a labour councillor up until this point because there just weren't <laughs> anywhere I was from. These, um, these
0: kind um, of like mythical beings.
4: Yeah, honestly. <laughs> a labour um, councillor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they shook my hands and I was like oh my gosh this is incredible. I
0: touched. Um, a labour councillor <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, and we were we must have done about one street at this point one of them was quite old um mm-hmm. and he didn't really Wait, so
0: the, the council oh the councillor was old okay yeah
4: yeah the councillor was old um and he didn't really seem old though like in the way that he spoke and he was very sort of enthusiastic he was this really lovable friendly greek man um, mm. And then suddenly he started like slowing down and he was very clearly oh, no. flagging. Um, and the other counselor who we were with was like, Oh, not again. Um, and I was sort of like, again, what's going on? Okay. Um, and then this other counselor was like, yeah. So the, the man, uh, the old man was called George and, uh, she was like,
0: is that his actual name?
4: Yes. Okay. Um, and. <laughs> george it turns out has type 2 diabetes Uh um, and he hadn't had anything to eat that day Uh Um, and so he sort of ground to a halt and then really quickly announced that he needed to sit down Mm -hmm. Um, so he just sat on the pavement and he sort of like put his head in his hands Um, and so the guy that i was working for so he was the organizer for enfield he'd only just started his job as well so he didn't really know these people that well um so we were both sort of standing there like is this this sounds like it's happened before what's going on and then there was sort of like the word ambulance was mentioned um all of us were sort of like frisking ourselves to see if we had any sort of mints or a yeah, ch- yeah. something to give to this guy Oh my and- god. He very nearly died, but he <gasps> didn't, um, uh, we went to like a local corner shop and quickly grabbed some piece of food and gave yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and many, for the rest of the campaign, see, yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't come out much after that, um, oh. cause he just has such a passion for the Labour party and he hates the idea of staying in his house. Uh, and not coming out campaigning but i don't have yeah. dying for well,
0: <laughs> yeah that's that i mean that that kind of taps into an interesting point of like, how far how far are you willing to go to to, yeah. to campaign for a political party what are your but, uh, what, what are the personal limits
4: yeah i i was happy to see um in you know during general elections when they're doing the coverage on the bbc yeah sort of hour or something they play a dramatic montage of yes the- the sort of yeah. highlight reel.
0: They're like, boom, um, boom, 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 boom. Yeah.
4: And um, he was featured in that. Um, was he? Yeah. We unexpectedly picked up one of the seats in Enfield. So it was Enfield Southgate and uh he was in the montage because he broke into dance when the, <laughs> the victory and like that is so in character for him like he really shouldn't be dancing because as i say he's very old he's severely diabetic he, <laughs> he, he, he like, really shouldn't be exerting himself too much but yeah he was dancing in celebration so it was good for me to see that he was you know still alive still dancing
0: it's still alive that's important <laughs> i need to find this guy Get him yeah, on the he'd, podcast. He'd be- <laughs>
4: yeah, I, he'd probably love it. I mean, I don't think you'd be able to get much of a word in Edgeways because he is very passionate, but... That's
0: fine, that's do. fine. I'm always happy to sit back and let the other person just talk. <laughs> it makes my life easier. That sounds That sounds amazing. He sounds like a great guy.
4: Yeah, he really is. You get some gems in the Labour Party every now and then.
0: <laughs> every now and then.
4: <laughs> so... is... um. She's a really interesting person if you get on the wrong side of her she's absolutely terrifying but morgan and i were not on the wrong side of her but we were still kind of aware of what happened to the people who did get on to the wrong side of her if that makes sense so we were always a little excited bit to see what with her. but like I, I do genuinely like her i did enjoy spending time with her um but yeah she seemed she seems quite serious and quite severe um but then there was one canvassing session when We were just walking, Mm -hmm. as you Mm -hmm. do. Just walking. Um, And she dropped back to talk to me and Morgan in our capacity as young people, because we Mm -hmm. were the only people there under, like, 50, maybe 40. Right, right. Um, And she was trying to remember this song, um, because she wanted it to be her campaign song and she, 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 she thought it was like a really current song so like as young people morgan and i should know what it is oh of course because um, you,
0: you know the top 40 off by yeah that, ex-
4: exactly yeah. <laughs> i mean i don't think i've ever listened to the top 40 but that didn't <laughs> do that at all um so yeah she was trying to sing this song to us and oh. she may be a great mp i don't know what people think of her but singing is not her forte um i discovered that uh, and she was singing it again and again and she, Morgan and I were sort of racking our brains and we, we were sort of like listing people who we knew were famous. So we were sort of like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <don't>
0: awkwardly <laughs> stood there trying to say, oh, like oh sounds truly painful.
4: <laughs> yeah, and then it turns out that the song that she was trying to um, remember was Tub Thumping by Chumba Wumba. Which what? <laughs> is not <a> current song <laughs> because when she said that, like it made sense because you know I get knocked down, I get back up again. Like, oh,
0: that song!
4: Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's not exactly a, a obscure sort of song. She
0: she wanted that to be her <laughs> campaign song.
4: Yeah, because um, uh. so she lost her seat, I think in and then got it back. In. She wanted that to be sort of her campaign song um oh, God. and she was really really set on the idea and this was at a time when there was no general election happening there was no <laughs> hint of a general election happening so i don't know why she needed uh, to bring this up in the middle of a random canvassing session
0: i assume it never ended up being her campaign song because of like you know a it's a terrible idea and also b <laughs> Uh, it, she would like get sued. Shut chumba, chumba,
4: I mean, um, we were there for her election campaign, and she just never mentioned it again. So I assumed that it was, it was something that she mentioned on a whim and then quickly forgot about. Probably um, wise. But she, she was, yeah, she was very chaotic, so, like surprisingly chaotic. Um, like
0: chaotic, good or chaotic, evil, chaotic, neutral. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, I think. Um, chaotic neutral, I'd say. Okay. Like there were okay. some times where you did sort of fear for your own safety. <laughs> like when we were stood outside of some school gates doing, uh, sort of giving leaflets to parents as they came to collect their kids
2: uh-huh.
4: um, and we'd driven there even though it was like two minutes down the road. We did not yeah. drive, but she was insistent that we had to drive there and there was no parking because, you know, all these parents are coming to collect their kids and it's a yeah, way yeah, yeah. so you can never park. Um, And then she just went crazy with all of these stickers and one of my favorite photos is a photo of her She just kept on so she had a roll and she just kept on pulling and pulling So there was just miles and miles of stickers sort of
0: over these school gates
4: Yeah, like outside because we needed on because so that people knew who we were About five of us there. So I don't know why she kept on like pulling out the roll of stickers Mm. and just like shoving them on our chest sort of like i think she almost broke my sternum with the <laughs> of the sticker and she was just like so intent um and it turns out that she unrolled all the stickers because she wanted to give them to some of the kids because you know kids like stickers oh yes of course kids kidding. love voting <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> her target demographic <laughs> is clearly like seven year olds <laughs> uh, but it's just the force that she did it with um and the, i love like the you can no to when she's like giving you a sticker i say that with a lot of fondness but also what are you doing
0: hello and welcome to a super exciting new segment temporary segment i suppose of the podcast or maybe not temporary we'll see um called optimism of the will with will hello will Uh, (laughs) Hi, yeah, I'm Will. Uh, Let's hope it's not temporary. Let's hope that the optimism keeps up all the way through a Labour government. (laughs) Yes, you're right. You're right. Let's hope it keeps up. Um, So optimism of the will is a segment we're going to be having at least through this election campaign. Uh, where Will will be offering his thoughts on what there is to be optimistic about for the Labour Party in this campaign. Uh, it derives from the social review editorial group chat wherein we've all been varying levels of despairing and Will has been the one to go like, no guys, come on, <laughs> there's stuff to be positive about, Labour gains, etc., etc." et, cetera, et cetera. Um, It's the bit in The Simpsons where the, you know, it's, 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 ju- it's just a
5: little airborne, it's still good, it's still good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh we're recording on wednesday night the tv debate the first tv debate was last night um what is there to be positive about this week what's to be optimistic about
5: it, uh, this week we're optimistic that johnson and corbyn are about level in the public eye when they're actually doing the thing that they need to be doing that's fantastic mm. i think it's amazing if you are like the most hated politician in the country and you're up against you know Tory uh, candidate of destiny boris johnson to come out level like people are looking past Corbyn, their own hatred, and it is hatred of Corbyn. They're looking mm. past that and going, actually, I can't see a difference. These guys are on par. It's just fantastic.
0: Mm. And do you where 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 do you foresee things like moving up from here? Like, um, like how 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 much how much energy does Labour need to be having over the next few weeks, the next couple of days, even? Well, the best way we can capitalize on this is that. Given that yeah,
5: people are looking at Corbyn, seeing someone they hate, and actually giving him a fair go. Now is the time, and obviously perfect timing tomorrow with manifesto. Hit them with policies, policies, mm. policies, policies. Because now they're listening to Labour, mm. and now is the time to really be putting that forward. Of course, you know Johnson now looks a little bit weak, um, not least because of you know a variety of gaffes that have happened, and people on the whole aren't happy about the fact check thing. Yeah, I definitely. think that if we come out tomorrow with a good, solid set of policies that, hmm. you know, if we hit broadband communism again where we hit the front page, the, <laughs> that kind of thing, and then on Friday when it comes to that leaders debate and Johnson isn't there, that's real 2017 energy. Because he's not going to be there. He's sending
0: a representative. It's someone from the Treasury. So... Um, so, so the people listening to this will have a better idea than we would because this will be going out on Friday yeah. and the manifesto will have dropped by then. So you will you you guys will, will, will know how the manifesto is received more than we do right now. But y- y- there's a debate on fr- on this Friday, you yeah. said, or yeah. next Friday. So, okay.
5: do, so, yeah, I think it's this Friday. It might okay. be the interviews this Friday. I don't know. The entire, like, running time of it, whenever that debate is. <laughs> uh, uh, when, uh, when, there, there are the little so little many virus, I there? saw. There are, and Boris has agreed to so many of them, but he's yeah, already it's pulled bizarre. out at one.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's just not very good. It's bizarre that, he, that he's agreed to so many. So that's something to be optimistic about, I suppose, as well, that Boris has agreed to do so many things that he's not actually good at and which the only way is down, really. Yeah, well, runner. it's like, you know, it, Stephen Bushism here, but there's literally there's <laughs> not that much really to gain from
5: Boris doing these. and mm. He's very much lost out. I won't be surprised if we see some gains in the polls, but that's not what's really important, you know. Like, uh, the, the the numbers are good for us. The don't know is just moving towards Corbyn. But it's really about looking at what that means in a deeper sense. That why they're moving to Corbyn? It's because mm. an actual, positive, confident Labour message has been put forward. And I'm so, so happy that Boris is already having his uh, strong and stable. I'm loving it. And it's the core of his campaign.
0: mm, mm. So when when you mentioned the don't know's moving to towards Corbyn, uh, the the granular detail of YouGov's polling of last night's debate had, I want to say fifty eight percent of don't know voters who, who, who didn't know who they were going to be voting for thought Corbyn did well or did the best. Um, yeah, in which all, is quite in an astonishing number.
5: In basically all the floating numbers, Corbyn excelled. I think in people yeah. who, the one that interests me is the people who don't know which way the election's going to go were really favourable towards Corbyn. Yeah, That really interests me because that's the common voter. That's, that's the person who's mm. just like kind of watching from the sidelines and they're like, actually, yeah, Corbyn did really well. They, these are the people who are not going in with Tory hegemony considered. They're not expecting Boris to win. That's really, you know, that's fantastic for Corbyn. Mm. The only thing that Corbyn really lagged on was um, who looks more prime ministerial and surprise, surprise, the actual prime minister came
0: out above on that one. That's not too upsetting at all. Uh, but do you think there what there is an element of of people who do expect Tory hegemony are more able to feel like they can say that Corbyn did well and that that means there'd be an element of 2017 where people there was this sort of like phenomenon or there was an alleged phenomenon where people felt freer to vote Labour because they didn't actually think he would they were going to win which then of course contributes to them doing better than expected and the same for for Trump do you think that could end up being repeated this time around
5: I don't know I've always really doubted the kind of I didn't expect him to win when I cast my vote for him to win. I I, I Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't really understand that as a constituency. I don't think anyone I don't think the general British voter is that cynical like it's, okay. It, yeah, I just don't see it as a as a genuine phenomenon. I'm happy for the stats to correct me, but none of the um voting intentions indicate that that's actually a thing. It I I don't believe it's a thing.
0: Okay. Okay so overall optimism this week is uh rooted in putting forward the positive case which will come out in the manifesto tomorrow and as a result of the tv debate where as you said the most hated politician in the country still managed to come out neck and neck with the alleged superstar prime minister
5: yeah and his campaign is falling apart like on day one of the day it was supposed to actually really kick off completely fell apart he can't now he can't now go and say, "Oh yeah, Bor- uh, Corbyn. What's your? Uh, what's your? Which way would you go, remain or leave?" I'm not going to lie; like it was kind of disappointing for Corbyn not to have a sort of readied-up statement. And I would like to see that going forward. Maybe yeah, by would like, the last debate, um, defer to conference. If you're going to do it on Trident, do it on that. Um, but in the long run, there's this one technique that Corbyn's using, and it's 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 peak Milne. It's very good, um, <laughs> where every time Brexit gets brought up. In fact, I'm going to precursor this. You've got to remember that in the initial referendum, the reason they won is because they tied the NHS into Brexit. So the pro-NHS vote was very much tied into leaving. Yeah. Corbyn is really actively and successfully defanging that by putting the NHS at risk with Boris's Brexit. That's yeah, 100%. So that's a really, really good technique. It really destabilizes Boris's campaign. And you can see, because he had absolutely nothing when it came to... Uh, When Corbyn pulled out the uh, Liam Byrne note, as it were, Boris was fuming. He was. Oh, that was a moment, wasn't it? It was a moment. That's one that's going to go down. You know,
0: if we see a polling bounce, that's what it's going to be. That's the note moment. It was fa- it was strange as well, because I was sat there and I was thinking, like, oh, wouldn't it be so fun if like it had one of those gotcha moments and Corbin goes, I'm accusing you of this. Isn't it great <laughs> that I've got this document that proves it live on TV? Here's, you know, a photo of you doing it. Yeah. And then he actually did it. I was like, oh, my God, what? What? Uh, that was weird. Well, yeah, um, for real. hundred percent. I was actually really afraid the
5: opposite thing was going to happen. I was oh, really, really afraid really? that he was going to have like uh, I was really afraid that Boris would have something on, you know, uh, uh, private communications from the EU commissioner saying Corbyn's uh, ideas weren't unworkable or something on anti-Semitism. Oh, or yeah, something yeah. Like that, Because, you know, that's a really dirty trick and I would have ex- absolutely seen that. But I think we can all be positive in the fact the Tories are clearly rattled. They just kicked the Daily Mirror off their campaign bus. Um, the Spectator did another fluff piece on why their new digital guy is a genius or something. It's good. They're rattled. We are coming through with pretty much exactly the same beats as the 2017 campaign. We'll see what the numbers look like at the end of the week to see how successful that is. But generally speaking, the momentum is very much on our side. And the uh, Lib Dem Manifesto launch seems to have kind of flopped. As of Wednesday night. As of Wednesday night, yeah. I mean, it's early days, but it's, you know, the most remarkable thing has been the confetti cannons and Ed Davey basically saying he's going to prop up the Tories again, which is cool. When did he say, what did he say? Well, he, basic- he
0: basically said that because the, the Lib Dem plan was... Um, oh, did he say that- something that I think the likeliest outcome is the Tories form the, uh, the largest party?
5: No, he basically outlined a genuine like, a, a ver- ver- verbatim plan, which was if Boris Johnson wants to get his Brexit, he's going to have to, you know, get it confirmed in a referendum, which is, you know, what we'd be aiming for. And it was like, that's just Labour Party policy anyway. You don't have to do any kind of deal yeah you could just let labor do labor and that will happen yeah and you don't have to kind
0: of confirm it, it's it. see confirm see, the narrative. see see i think i think it's fair for him to say that because that is that or is supposed to be i don't, I don't know whether well, actual policies whether it's revoke or second referendum anymore but like i think i so i think it's fair for him to say like oh yeah um, if Boris wants to do this, then he has to do the thing that we're arguing for. But as you say, it does reveal that kind of like logical fallacy and that, like, well, why don't you just support the Labour position, which is also what you want? Um, yeah, well, that's what yeah. Andrew Neil basically said. Andrew Neil basically
5: said that's exactly what Labour want to do. Why wouldn't you just take the path of least resistance? Yes, exactly. Um, uh, which, it's it's yeah, a strange well, one. And, you know, Corbyn's come out swinging on social media today about, you know, fracking and Joe Swinson, this will all come to heads on Friday, assuming that I am indeed right on that. This could be very embarrassing reading it back if that's not what happens. <laughs> um, that, that debate if, just doesn't happen. <laughs> if, if, if,
0: if we get to the polls on Friday and Labour are losing ground and Tories 20 point lead, then... I'll yeah, find but... an excuse. I'll find an excuse. Don't worry. <laughs> but right now, that's the optimism of the will.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, I will be uploading these um, videos... About why I'm optimistic on that day on my Twitter at Um I'll be doing it as videos, and the first one was really low quality, and I aim to keep it that way.
0: <laughs> Excellent plug. Thank you. <laughs>